This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Why is it that Western Mission has often inflicted more harm than good on the global church? Is there a better way forward? Keep listening to learn more about Mekdis Hadis' new book, A Just Mission, Laying Down Power and Embracing Mutuality. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 20, through Jeremiah chapter 6. Proclaim this message among the descendants of Jacob. Make it known throughout Judah. Tell them, hear this, you foolish people who have no understanding. You have eyes, but do not discern. You have ears, but do not perceive. You should fear me, says the Lord. You should tremble in awe before me. I made the sand to be a boundary for the sea, a permanent barrier that it can never cross. Its waves may roll, but they can never prevail. They may roar, but they can never cross beyond that boundary. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned aside and gone their own way. They do not say to themselves, let us revere the Lord our God. It is he who gives us the autumn rains and the spring rains at the proper time. It is he who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. Your misdeeds have stopped these things from coming. Your sins have deprived you of my bounty. Indeed, there are wicked scoundrels among my people. They lie in wait like bird catchers, hiding in ambush. They set deadly traps to catch people, like a cage filled with the birds that have been caught. Their houses are filled with the gains of their fraud and deceit. That is how they have gotten so rich and powerful. That is how they have grown fat and sleek. There is no limit to the evil things they do. They do not plead the cause of the fatherless in such a way as to win it. They do not defend the rights of the poor. I will certainly punish them for doing such things, says the Lord. I will certainly bring retribution on such a nation as this. Something horrible and shocking is going on in the land of Judah. The prophets prophesy lies. The priests exercise power by their own authority. And my people love to have it this way. But they will not be able to help you when the time of judgment comes. Chapter 6. The Destruction of Jerusalem Depicted Run for safety, people of Benjamin. Get out of Jerusalem. Sound the trumpet in Tekoa. 
light the signal fires of Beth Hakarim. For disaster lurks out of the north. It will bring great destruction. I will destroy daughter Zion, who is as delicate and defenseless as a young maiden. Kings will attack her with their armies. They will encamp and siege all around her. Each of them will devastate the portion assigned to him. They will say, prepare to do battle against it. Come on, let's attack it at noon. But later they will say, woe to us, for the day is almost over and the shadows of evening are getting long. So come on, let's go ahead and attack it by night and destroy all its fortified buildings. All this is because the Lord of Heaven's armies has said, cut down the trees around Jerusalem and build up a siege ramp against its walls. This is the city that is to be punished. Nothing but oppression happens in it. As a well continually pours out fresh water, so it continually pours out wicked deeds. Sounds of violence and destruction echo throughout it. All I see are sick and wounded people. So take warning, Jerusalem, or I will abandon you in disgust and make you desolate, a place where no one can live. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies said to me. Those who remain in Israel will be like the grapes thoroughly gleaned from a vine. So go over them again, as though you were a grape harvester passing your hand over the branches one last time. I answered, Who would listen if I spoke to them and warned them? Their ears are so closed that they cannot hear. Indeed, the Lord's message is offensive to them. They do not like it at all. I am as full of anger as you are, Lord. I am tired of trying to hold it in. The Lord answered, Vent it, then, on the children who play in the street, and on the young men who are gathered together. Husbands and wives are to be included, as well as the old and those who are advanced in years. Their houses will be turned over to others, as will their fields and their wives. For I will unleash my power against those who live in this land, says the Lord. That is because, from the least important to the most important of them, all of them are greedy for dishonest gain, prophets and priests alike. All of them practice deceit. They offer only superficial help for the harm my people have suffered. They say, everything will be all right, but everything is not all right. Are they ashamed because they have done such shameful things? No, they're not at all ashamed. They do not even know how to blush. So they will die, just like others have died. They will be brought to ruin when I punish them, says the Lord. The Lord said to his people, you are standing at the crossroads, so consider your path. Ask where the old reliable paths are. Ask where the path is that leads to blessing and follow it. If you do, you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not follow it. The Lord said, I appointed prophets as watchmen to warn you, saying, pay attention to the warning sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not pay attention. So the Lord said, hear you nations. Be witnesses and take note of what will happen to these people. Hear this, you peoples of the earth. Take note. I am about to bring disaster on these people. It will come as punishment for their scheming, for they have paid no attention to what I have said, and they have rejected my law. I take no delight when they offer up to me frankincense that comes from Sheba, or sweet-smelling cane imported from a faraway land. I cannot accept the burnt offerings they bring to me. I get no pleasure from the sacrifices they offer to me. So this is what the Lord says. I will assuredly make these people stumble to their doom. Parents and children will stumble and fall to their destruction. Friends and neighbors will die. This is what the Lord says. Beware. An army is coming from a land in the north. A mighty nation is staring into action in faraway parts of the earth. 
Its soldiers are armed with bows and spears. They are cruel and show no mercy. They sound like the roaring sea as they ride forth on their horses, lined up in formation like men going into battle to attack you, daughter Zion. The people cry out, We have heard reports about them. We have become helpless with fear. Anguish grips us. Agony like that of a woman giving birth to a baby. Do not go out into the countryside. Do not travel on the roads, for the enemy is there with sword in hand. They are spreading terror everywhere. So I said, O my dear people, put on sackcloth and roll in ashes, mourn with painful sobs, as though you had lost your only child. For any moment now, that destructive army will come against us. The Lord said to me, I have made you like a metal assayer to test my people like ore. You are to observe them and evaluate how they behave. I reported, all of them are the most stubborn of rebels. They are as hard as bronze or iron. They go about telling lies. They all deal corruptly. The fiery bellows of judgment burn fiercely, but there is too much dross to be removed. The process of refining them has proved useless. The wicked have not been purged. They are regarded as rejected silver because the Lord rejects them. 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 3 through 20. In the 18th year of King Josiah's reign, the king sent the scribe, Shaphan, son of Aziliah, son of Meshulam, to the Lord's temple with these orders. Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him melt down the silver that has been brought by the people to the Lord's temple and has been collected by the guards at the door. Have them handed over to the construction foremen assigned to the Lord's temple. They, in turn, should pay the temple workers to repair it, including craftsmen, builders, and masons, and should buy wood and chiseled stone for the repair work. Do not audit the foremen who disperse the silver, for they are honest. Hilkiah the high priest informed Shaphan the scribe, I found the scroll of law in the Lord's temple. Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan and he read it. Shaphan the scribe went to the king and reported, Your servants melted down the silver in the temple and handed it over to the construction foreman assigned to the Lord's temple. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. Shaphan read it out loud before the king. When the king heard the words of the law's scroll, he tore his clothes. The king ordered Hilkiah the priest, Ahakam son of Shaphan, Akbor son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Asiah, the king's servant. Go seek an oracle from the Lord for me and the people for all Judah. Find out about the words of this scroll that has been discovered. For the Lord's great fury has been ignited against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words of this scroll by doing all that it instructs us to do. So Hilkiah the priest, Ahakam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Asiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shulam, son of Tixah, the son of Harhas, the supervisor of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the Mishnah district. They stated their business, and she said to them, This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. Say to this man who sent you to me, This is what the Lord has said. I am about to bring disaster on this place and its residents, all the things in the scroll that the king of Judah has read. This will happen because they have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to other gods angering me with all the idols they have made. My anger will ignite against this place and will not be extinguished. Say this to the king of Judah, who sent you to seek an oracle from the Lord. This is what the Lord God of Israel has said concerning the words you have heard. You displayed a sensitive spirit and humbled yourself before the Lord 
when you heard how I intended to make this place and its residents into an appalling example of an accursed people. You tore your clothes and wept before me, and I have heard you, says the Lord. Therefore, I will allow you to die and be buried in peace. You will not have to witness all the disaster I will bring on this place. Then they reported back to the king. Second Chronicles chapter 34, verses 8 through 13. In the eighteenth year of his reign, he continued his policy of purifying the land and the temple. He sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, Maaseiah, the city official, and Joah, son of Johaz, the secretary to repair the temple of the Lord his God. They went to Hilkiah the high priest and gave him the silver that had been brought to God's temple. The Levites who guarded the door had collected it from the people of Manasseh in Ephraim and from all who were left in Israel, as well as from the people of Judah and Benjamin and the residents of Jerusalem. They handed it over to the construction foreman assigned to the Lord's temple. They in turn paid the temple workers to restore and repair it. They gave money to the craftsmen and builders to buy chiseled stone and wood for the braces and rafters of the buildings that the kings of Judah had allowed to fall into disrepair. The men worked faithfully. Their supervisors were Jahath and Obadiah, Levites descended from Moriah, as well as Zechariah and Meshulam, descendants of Kohath. The Levites, all of whom were skilled musicians, supervised the laborers and all the foremen on their various jobs. Some of the Levites were scribes, officials, and guards. New Testament reading. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 30. Ministry as a prisoner. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that my situation has actually turned out to advance the gospel. The whole imperial guard and everyone else knows that I am in prison for the sake of Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having confidence in the Lord because of my imprisonment, now more than ever dare to speak the word fearlessly. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do so from love because they know that I am placed here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, because they think they can cause trouble for me in my imprisonment. What is the result? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is being proclaimed. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My confident hope is that I will in no way be ashamed, but that with complete boldness, even now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether I live or die. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. For if I am to go on living in this body, this will mean productive work for me. Yet I don't know which I prefer. I feel torn between the two because I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more vital for your sake that I remain in the body. And since I am sure of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for the sake of your progress and joy in the faith, so that what you can be proud of may increase because of me in Christ Jesus when I come back to you. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or whether I remain absent, I should hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, by contending side by side for the faith of the gospel, and by not being intimidated in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of their destruction, but of your salvation, 
a sign which is from God. For it has been granted to you not only to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for him. Since you are encountering the same conflict that you saw me face, and now here that I am facing. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and righteous and holy God, we thank you. We thank you for this very day, this new day, never never seen before, never experienced before, but Here before us, we embrace this new day and the new mercies that you provide for us. We thank you for this time of hearing and reflection of your holy word, O God. And we pray, O Lord, that uh, your spirit will continue to teach us, to guide us, to open up your holy text to us, that we might understand it, but really understand you more and more and more. And in many ways, O God, we are beginning to even see ourselves, O God. So we thank you, O Lord, for holding up a mirror to us, but also pointing us to you, our our hope, our joy, beauty itself, O God, is all found within you, but also justice and righteousness, O God, and holiness. And so, God, we reflect on your word today, and we thank, O Lord, about the ways in which injustice and disobedience, the ways in which we reject you and ignore you, we we mock your law. We act as if it does not exist sometimes, O oh God. And we see the ways in which uh, correction and judgment can come upon those who claim your name, O oh God, but yet do things their own way, who have made their words God, who have made uh, their thoughts, their ethics into your law, O oh God, have taken your name to do such. And the consequences are grave. The consequences are devastating. The consequences go from generation to generation, O God, when there is disobedience and rejection of your word, your law, and your ethics. O God, would you forgive us right now? Would you shine uh, your light on us? Would Would you correct us? Would you search us, O God, so that we can see the ways in which we live disobediently, the ways in which we are like those of, of old? Who, who rejected your law, who pretended it did not exist, who did things their own way. And the way that it showed up, that selfishness, that self-idolatry was an injustice and lovelessness and cruelty and neglect of those that are around us, the least of these, oh God. And so we saw that we see this then in the text, but we see this now today. And so God, I ask that you would order our steps and make us more loving and just people. God, we also recognize that Suffering comes upon those who, who reject you, who are unjust. We also know that suffering comes upon those who are suffering for your namesake. So help us to be able to distinguish between those things, that we are not the kind of people that assume that the struggle, that the suffering, that the pain that we experience or that our neighbors might experience is a consequence of their own sin or their own rejection of your love and law, O oh God. We know that as believers in Christ, that we will suffer for your name. For we are not above our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered all things on our behalf, that we might have eternal life and be transformed to be more like Jesus. And so, oh God, help us to differentiate. Help us to recognize the consequences that come as correction, the consequences that come as as punishment. And the consequences that come because we actually are walking in your way, because we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in all things, oh God, help us to turn more and more to you to really and truly be your people, 
full of gratitude for the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, loving and kind and forgiving to our neighbor, to those in the body of Christ, but even to our enemies, O God. We thank you, O Lord, for who you are changing us into, the transformation that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit through sanctification on the good days and on the hard days. We thank you, O God, because you have made a promise to us and you are bringing it to pass and not even suffering can get in the way of that. As a matter of fact, suffering is on your agenda being used by you, although you do not delight in our pain, but suffering is used by you to refine us for your namesake. And we look towards the day when suffering will be no more, when tears will not fall, all hurt and pain and grief and loss will be a lie, and we will be fully restored and made new and be like you when we see you face to face. In the meantime, O oh God, in the meantime, as we suffer from, nat- from consequences of our own behavior and because we are suffering for the name of Christ, O oh God, be with us. Hold our hand. Walk with us along life's journey, O oh God. Teach us and correct us. Hold us up. Grant to us the joy of our salvation day by day and moment by moment. It is in your name that we pray and we entrust ourselves in moments of suffering to you. Amen. Why do American Christians travel overseas to reach people in distant lands but neglect ministering to people who immigrate from those lands to their home communities? And why does Western Missions funding depend on narratives that marginalize indigenous leadership? In a just mission, Mekdes Hadis, an Ethiopian now living in the United States, provides a post-colonial critique of Western Mission, upending the white savior complex and arguing for a more globally just approach. She examines evangelical mission from the perspective of the receiver, highlighting areas weaknesses and naming injustices. Discover what it means to pursue a just mission in our world today. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code the word. That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, so take